Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of What Makes Them Tip. As always, I'm Jeff Ford, and I'm so glad that you could join us for another uh, episode where we can find out more about some amazing companies and some amazing people who are working and running and founding these companies and sharing the innovations that changed everything. And today, we are proud to welcome to the show the co-founder and managing partner of Accountfully. Please welcome Brad Ebenhoe. Welcome, Brad. Thanks, Jeff. Really excited to be on the show today. And we are very excited to have you. So as we get started, go ahead and just give us a brief overview. What is Accountfully and what do you guys do there? Accountfully is a fully outsourced accounting department for small businesses. We basically work with clients all across the nation. Um, majority of our clients are basically pre-revenue to about $4 million in annual revenue. Uh, when you work with us, you basically get a fractional accounting department. That includes a bookkeeper, a controller, and a CFO on your account. So we become mm -hmm. part of your team. We provide a proactive level of service um, to support those weekly bookkeeping needs, processing payroll, paying bills, supporting in the sales invoicing process, and then close your books each month and provide that kind of monthly CFO advice to show you what's going with your business and discuss, you know, cash flow issues, long-term, you know, hiring people. What about my margins? Am I profitable? What am I going to owe taxes? Things like that. So basically, that's what we do at Accountfully. And then we help clients all across different industries across the nation, like I said. And we actually, uh, majority of our clients are basically inventory-based, um, which is not what we expected to, but it's it's been good. <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, you briefly touched on it there, um, but tell us a little bit, like, what, what sort of size of businesses are you, do you guys mostly work with? Yeah, yeah. The majority of our clients that come to us are basically probably in the 500K to 2 million in annual revenue, right? So they come to us and they say, look, um, either I don't have an accounting infrastructure in place and I need one to be put in place or, hey, I've been doing this myself. It's a mess. I need to focus on growing my business and the, and the core operations of the business or I've been using somebody else and it's a mess. I need you to take it over, right? So it's kind of in that range. But when you're in that, you know, I mean, we also have plenty of people that are pre-revenue funded that like their investors or whatever require financials to be, you know, handled monthly or quarterly. So it's a good um, aspect with us. But um, we really are able to kind of help I guess the perfect time would be basically be right before you hit revenue, right before you get to a point where it's too much for you to handle. So we can go in and clean up the books and be very proactive on giving you good information to make good short-term and long-term decisions, right? Short-term decisions typically are range around cash, you know, spending, hey, should I pay this bill? Should I not? Do I need to get my customer to pay me or not? Um, and then long-term decisions are based upon reviewing financials and profitability and, and, and reconciling the sales, you know, forecasts and things like that. So that's the majority where we're at. We have, we've had clients that come to us at $0 in revenue, funded startups. Now they're 
$8 million annual revenue. And we have been their bookkeeper and controller the entire way. And they've hired a CFO or director of finance to do all the cool finance stuff. And then they just use us as the day-to-day bookkeeping needs, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's it's customizable long-term and we implement systems and processes that are scalable and can kind of you know move forward with everything going on. And when did you guys get started doing this? Uh, we launched a business in 2012. Um, our business model as it exists now started probably in 2013 when, um, when we started it, we were like, we want to be consultants, um, okay. which who knows what that means, but you, when you're <laughs> consultants, you have to constantly sell, right? You have to do something and then sell, do something and sell. Um, and when it's just, you know, you're growing a business and, and trying to figure that out, it, it's really hard to understand what is your, how do you create a tangible service or how do you specifically say, Hey, this is what you're getting, or I'm selling this, especially in the service world or, you know, CFO world, like we were in. Then I've re- like literally a light bulb went off. I was reading for our work week with uh, Tim Ferriss and it was like, you know, set and forget it recurring revenue. And I'm like, how do I get recurring revenue? It's bookkeeping. I need to figure out a way to be uh, create efficiencies in, in handling things to keep the lights on of processing payroll, paying bills, supporting in the sales function, sales tax filing. So at that point in 2013, I was like, all right, we need to get in the non-sexy bookkeeping world. And how do you do that? Right at that time is when um, cloud-based uh, SaaS applications, QuickBooks Online mm-hmm. kind of came out, Bill.com, those things. So we were really cloud-based at the start and implemented that infrastructure, which we still use today um, for all of our clients that allowed us to kind of support clients remotely and pay their bills and, instead of going to their, you know, the old school, going to their facility and writing a check and getting assigned and doing that. Now this stuff does it remotely and clearly with all the technological advances the last eight years, it's, it's really helped us and set us up for success. So that's when we started it. And ever since then, we've tweaked things along the way, but the kind of core basic uh, service is there. And it's just how we deliver it, you know, who's involved, the, the, the level of service, the, the deliverables we provide, and, and clearly the, the level of kind of advisory function keeps, you know, expanding. And what were you doing before this? Like, what was the, I guess, what was the moment, uh, the impetus where you guys decided you, you said you started with your wife, right? You, she's the yep. co-founder. Um, yep. at what point, like what, what was going on at that time that made you guys decide, you know what, uh, we need to do this, this, this thing on our own. Yeah. So we, um, um, uh, my wife and I met at a big four accounting firm in Chicago, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. We met there, uh, I'm from the Midwest. My wife's from Nashville and I've always wanted to move south. So anyways, like I was at uh, the corporate world or the job for about five years and I literally was just burnt out. I was going through that like late twenties, you know, like this sucks. I need to do something else. And I ended up getting a business uh, or getting a job with a small wine company in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, my, My cousin owned it and I was basically learning small business accounting, right? Cash issues, payroll taxes, things like that at the big job and in, in corporate world. And I'm doing consulting, high level stuff where you have no idea what's going on in the business, right? You're working with fortune 50 companies. You have no idea what's going on. You're a 24 year old kid. <laughs> um, then you go and do this and you see all that stuff. And then anyways, we, we were in Charlotte for a year. My wife kind of came down or at the time she was my girlfriend and fiance. Um, we moved down, um, to Charlotte and then didn't buy with Charlotte. Anyways, we moved down here at Charleston, South Carolina a year later in 2011. And so we were working remotely at, at, at our jobs in Charleston. We didn't know anybody. We just fell in love with the city. So at that point, it was kind of, we're getting that itch of like, look, let's try to do something. How do you meet people when you're 28 years old? Like maybe start a business and go out networking and things like that. That's when we started it because we had, um, we kind of wanted that. I, I had that itch more so on my end. Um, 
But basically, as we were doing it, then we kind of started, as we were talking through people or conversations about businesses and who does their bookkeeping or whatever, we were like, I was merging these two worlds of big business, where my background and what I was doing was systems and process consulting and automation and things like that. And then small business trying to, you know, cash flow issues and paying payroll taxes. Well, how can I merge them? So like my systems mind to this was like, wow, maybe there's a way to create this outsourced accounting function for businesses because you'd go to uh you know a networking event and there'd be you know people like oh who's your account i I use this bookkeeper and then i have a tax cpa over here who just does taxes well how do you get advice well i I don't i just figure it out or talk to people right so it was like there had to be this world where there's this middle company that really just focused on outsourced accounting not taxes not audit not just pure CFO, but hey, do my books or do my bookkeeping, help me keep my business supported and then provide me a little bit of advisory service. So that's basically where we did it. And we kind of got in that realm and, and tweaked it there. But uh, the background of it came from my different experiences or different experiences. But really, we launched it because we were in a new city and didn't know anybody. <laughs> and <laughs> so we were looking to meet people. And then, you know, that's a decade later, we still live here. So that's great. That's great. Well, it seems like you guys are doing really well. Things are going well. Um, obviously, that probably wasn't always the case, at least at the start. A lot of times things will, will come along that uh, pose challenges. What were some of the challenges that you guys experienced as you got started? And how did you guys, I guess, innovate in order to make sure that you could continue, you know, continue to the point where you guys are now? Yeah, I, I think um, there's like several, several phases of the business. You know, at the start, it's literally, um, it was interesting, right? Because you're like going out and selling and, and, and discussing to people. And then you're literally just doing the work yourself, right? Mm. So you're just like, hey, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, yeah, we can do that. And you're like, I don't know if I can, but I'll figure it out. You know, I've confidence <laughs> in myself. So it got to that point where that was kind of phase one, just figuring out and doing the work while at the same time, you know, trying to grow your business or whatever, or find new contacts. After a while, literally that was going well, then it's hiring people. How do you hire people? Like, what do you, how do you oversee people? What do you support them? Things like that. So how do you properly review their work? So the first, I would say the first kind of zero to 10 employees are relatively easy. I would say in terms of just kind of, you're so hands-on and you know, the control and you know, what's going on with every client and you can kind of backfill or, or help. Right. Then you get from 10 to 10 to 20 employees. I and mean, this is really where it kind of started getting big pain points. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of, Number one was quality control, right? Hey, we have templated work that we do for each client. Um, or Actually, we really didn't, but each client we're doing specific items. Sure. And here's the team that's on it. How do you ensure the team's getting the work done when they're supposed to get it done and accurately, right? We're doing book- bookkeeping, accounting. Like, like it should be black and white if it's accurate or not. Well, from that aspect, we learned that we need to have more people on each account. So instead of having one or two people on an account, we now have three people on an account for a multitude of reasons, but one of them is quality control. One of them is there um, for uh, uh, consistency of understanding the client. If one team member leaves, gets Mm. quit or gets fired. Mm. So it's consistency of knowledge. And then the third thing is it allows us to have consistent service level to our clients. So when a bookkeeper's on vacation for a week, uh, somebody can backfill on the team that week and keep the, you know, payroll being processed and things like that. So I think that aspect allowed us to do that. The other thing that we learned was in order to be consistent on templating services and systems, we had the same systems for our clients, but we didn't have this exact same service level, exact same kind of workflow. So now we have a similar workflow where 80% is basically built in and that 20% is custom to the client in terms of their needs and industry. 
but we can then have a team member go from one account to the other account and understand kind of, hey, when's the weekly cash flow? When's this? When's this? And they know the answer. So it's a templated system, right? So I think those are the two biggest things of understanding just how to really have much better efficient and effective service delivery. The other big thing was that we opened um, uh, an office in Nashville, a second office in Nashville. And culture is big at Accountfully. So as you can see, I have a t-shirt on, right? I'm like a different, um, I'm a modern accountant. I guess you would say not a traditional accountant, right? I'm not wearing a suit and tie or things like that. Well, our Mm -hmm. culture is very similar. There's a lot of cool accounting uh, professionals in the world. And this is a good place for them to work. But when you're here face to face and you're doing good, it's easy to get the banter. But when you open up a separate office, and this again is pre-COVID, right? So the world's Mm -hmm. different now. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, how do you instill that culture over there that you're used to here. And that was a big uh, learning curve for us of, you know, at that time we're like, let's open up multiple offices and this and that. And after that, we're like, you know what, let's just keep it. These two offices will grow and have remote work and things like, or not remote, just remote clients. Um, So that was a big kind of pain point of us to figure out. And really how we got that over was essentially going there, having like a manager or a leadership team member go over there once a month and, you know, talking to people and just kind of getting that culture in place, which has really helped out. So I think those are the two biggest kind of pain points we've had, but, you know, we're now at almost 40 people and we're Mm. still, you know, now it's to that next level of pain points. How do you get that next infrastructure in place to go, you know, to properly serve your clients from 35 to 40 people to 50 people, but also how do you serve your team members and all that stuff? So. Sure. Well, during that time, when would you say there was a a moment or a, a tipping point that kind of uh, clued you in that wow, this is this is this is working? This was the what was the kind of the moment where everything kind of clicked and you felt like we've got something really good here because obviously it's been going well for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say. Um, that's actually a good question. I never got to <laughs> ask that. Um, a couple, there was a couple, you know, markers, like number one, I would say when, um, when we probably, you know, reached like seven, you know, figures in revenue, right. Like, which would have been, I don't know, four or five years ago. We're like, Holy shit, this is crazy. You know, when you start to, you know, you start and you're doing it and you're like, Oh wow, our revenue is five grand this month. And then all of a sudden mm. it's like 6,500 and you're like, there's no <laughs> way I can get above that. And all of a sudden you get that aspect there. I think that was number one. Number two was, um, um, I think just the fact of it's the referral engine. I mean, we, we don't sell, I'm the salesperson, but a majority of our clients that come in are already qualified leads from our existing clients, from our, um, uh, strategic partners that we have, or just our brand that's out in the world, or, you know, the things that we our content, we push out. And literally it's just kind of people come in and, and, and it, it's, it's been interesting because, I don't even know how that started. I mean, it started because we were doing good work, but it just kind of kept going. We're like, you know, I, I read some books when we started the business of the referral engine and things like, you're like, what is that? And how do you get that? And all of a sudden it started happening. Um, and as that started happening, it's been, um, it's been very interesting because our, our, our business just kind of grows like this. Right. So, um, and it's a very sustainable model in terms of just understanding, Hey, we need to hire people. We need to do this and, and do that. And it really helped us during the whole COVID situation too, just making sure we're properly prepared for it. Um, so I, I would say those two things, I mean, I don't think there's one big moment. I mean, we went to Inc 5,000, you know, this, our second year was last year. So the first year was like huge. Cause you see our clients, you know, Inc 5,000 are competitors. And all of a sudden we were in it, you know, that was probably like a really cool thing, you know, but, um, 
it's like, it's typical. Like, you know, you, you don't, we don't probably take enough time to like celebrate our big wins. You know, it's as a, I think as an entrepreneur, you just like, you go and you're like, okay, that's good. But like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing versus just kind of sitting down. We need to improve that. But, but overall it's been exciting um, and looking forward to kind of keep going forward. How do you, uh, I think you brought up an interesting uh, thing there. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Where um, that referral engine that you, that you spoke of the, the idea that, um, a lot of your qualified leads are just coming in through that process. How, what's, how do you cultivate that? Would you say as far as, or, or how do you keep that going? Like, is, do you feel like there's a point where that stops and you're going to have to start doing some of the out calling your own, or is that a, uh, is it a perpetual engine? Like, how do you keep that work going? Well, I think it's, it's interesting, right? Because how it, how it started, number one, is that we've always delivered great work, right? So number one, you need to deliver great work. You need to provide more value than the people that are paying, your clients that are paying for it. All entrepreneurs know 10 other small business owners or 20 small business owners, right? So if you're serving them well, they can tell somebody else. And luckily at the time we did, I think that our little bit of our model was a little bit industry disruptive where, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people were like, oh, these these people can do this for you. Oh, I never heard of that, you know? And, and so mm. it kind of got to the point of, Hey, somebody has to do your books, right? You, the business owner can do it. That's fine. A bookkeeper can do it. A traditional CPA firm an in-house employee or like an outsource firm. Right. So like there's different options there, but it has to be done. And then we also have this thing, even though I'm not a big fan of taxes, but they're required by the government to file. <laughs> so then, you know, we have a tax team in house too, that we built out because of the, uh, of the needs of our clients, but you need to have your books and records in place to do taxes. So it's like one of those things that kind of required situation that existed. So basically we kind of got lucked out with there with that. And then we, and then we just served our clients and like, we don't spend a ton of marketing, like I was saying, but we spend a ton on like time marketing, right? So marketing to our existing clients by providing great value mm, and then they will that. tell their friends to it. Right. So there's always those little, that gray area of like, yeah, we we're very, we're, we're, we're conscious about how we build our clients. We clearly we're all about, you know, making money here. And at the end of the day, but you know, if you're, if you're adding value to them and you go and support them and you know, that type of stuff. So I'd say that would be number one. And number two would be, we've made some really good strategic partners, you know, that are complementary, basically businesses that, you know, kind of good referrals back and forth here and there. And, and we've been able to really, you know, get some good inbound, you know, that come in and, and, and handle those um, folks in a good manner as well. So. I love that. I like, I don't know if that's a, like an official term or not that time marketing, but just the, the idea of spending, uh, of spending marketing, e even dollars or, or time on your current, uh, current customers in order to, to, to expand out into, to their, uh, people. That's, that's an interesting thought. That's something that hadn't that yeah. occurred to me before. And what's interesting is when you expand the business and you have more people on the team, more managers, more senior accountants, more bookkeepers. It's like, how do you explain that to them? If sometimes you just have to go above and beyond and, and help that mm -hmm. client, you know, when the, the, from an accounting standpoint, a lot of times people don't ever notice you're there until you make a mistake because you didn't process payroll or you bounced a check. Right. But if you're able to be there when they literally send that email urgent, I need this report right now and you can respond right away and you get it and it makes their day. Mm. 
then literally they remember that, you know? So it's yeah. like those little, like, how do you capitalize on that? How do you like just do that one little thing to, 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 to seal the deal on, on that client relationship? So you have to teach these new team members, Hey, this is how we operate here. This isn't, you know, like, you know, and then this is how we, you know, work together in the capacity. So that's been um, uh, an interesting situation of not just dealing with clients where I did, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, not dealing with team members of educating them of, Hey, sometimes you have to do this and it'll work out well for us. Yeah. It's like top, top notch customer service needs to be part of your marketing strategy (laughs) because, uh, I mean, how many of us, even just on a personal basis, we have a good experience somewhere. We're going to tell somebody else about it. hundred percent. That's great. So, uh, so before we go, I want to make sure that you have a chance to tell us, uh, um, if there's somebody out there that's looking for this kind of service, somebody who's ready to, to, you know, push their accounting off of their own desk and get some help. What, how would they get in touch with you? What would they need to do? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of ways you can get in touch. You can um, go to our website and click on our getting started form, fill out some information about your business and kind of what you're looking for and then schedule a call with me. It'll, my, uh, my calendar will pop up or you can email me at brad at um, just direct, to me, I'll, I'll respond and kind of get you in place there. I mean, the um, everything kind of funnels through me at that capacity. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we work with clients that are inventory based. Uh, the reason why we work with inventory based clients is because it's it's a much more complex accounting infrastructure when you have inventory mm-hmm. costs to get sold versus service. But we work with service based companies as well. Accountfully is a service based provider. We can do great work. We've learned from how we run our business general contractors, I mean, you know, tech startups, we have clients all across the nation. And on top of that, we have a tax team in house. Um, and we have some other cool things that are kind of we do for our clients. Um, but yeah, send me a note and I'll be straight up with you like, hey, you don't need us, you do need us or hey, maybe you're too big for us or, uh, you know, you can do this yourself. Um, and then we can go and help help you run your business and get your books and records in order and really help you then they make good decisions, you know, even if they're tough decisions, at least you, you need to have, you know, accurate and real-time data to make those decisions. Otherwise there's a lot of anxiety and stress that exists. And, and even if they're tough, negative decisions, as long as you have that information and you're, you have conviction in it, then it's, it's a better feeling to make those decisions. And clearly as small business entrepreneurs, you have to make decisions every day. <laughs> so yeah. uh, well, better to have good information at your fingertips. Absolutely. It sounds like a, a great, I mean, it's definitely the, I mean, even running my own business, very, very small. So it, my personal, <laughs> this, it's not in the, the realm of the 500 K and things like that. But even from there, that's the part that I, you know, i like to do the least is the bookkeeping <laughs> things like that. Yeah. I don't like to keep track of all that. Of course it's gotta be done. Um, but uh, it sounds like you guys have a, a great service that allows um, people to have not just that service, but the information that they need to make good decisions to make their business. Yeah. And then also have somebody they can talk to and be like, what does this mean? Like, you know, like it's one thing to have information, but what does it mean? Right. And so it's like, I tell our clients, the prospective clients, like, Hey, outsource the stuff behind the scenes you don't want to do. And the two things you need to focus on are business development and, you know, brand equity and, and, and core operations, like front end operations, everything else can be outsourced. We all live in this technology world. Like, there's no use for you doing it and, and you can find a good fit of a accounting bookkeeper that can help you out uh, at a decent rate, even if it's not accountable. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing all of that stuff with us today. We appreciate you coming on the show and telling us more about Accountfully. Uh, hopefully people will be checking that out. But uh, again, thank you for your time. Thanks so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it.
All right. And we thank you guys for listening and being a part of the show. As always, we appreciate you tuning in and finding out more. And hopefully there's some information, some nuggets that you can take away to advance your own journey. So thanks again for listening. I'm Jeff Ford, and we'll see you next time on What Makes Them Tip. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.